Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Large Format Photography Podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Andrew Bartram and Eric Mathy. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Simon. <laughs> you seem disappointed. That's, that's not the way to start the first podcast of the year. I can't get it right, can I? Sometimes I sound slightly effeminate. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Hello, Simon. Hi, Simon. How are you doing, Simon? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing well. Well, let's let's say hello to Eric. How are you, Eric? Hi, Simon. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. And uh, this is our first show of 2021, which is, as we've already decided, is going to be a far better year uh, than uh, 2020. Um, hopefully, um, uh, and we're carrying on uh, from what we did in our last audio podcast um i say audio podcasters because we've sort of had a bit of a meetup in between uh now and our previous show uh, where we had the, uh, the the world premiere i think that's how americans say it premiere is it something like that we say premier 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 oh, oh there you go there you go um you're yeah like yours better <laughs> okay well we had a bit of a get together um for uh, watching eric's feature film um where he made a starring debut um as we as he um he rode slowly and he took photographs um across uh arizona and such and we did that as a google meet uh, before and after and we streamed the film on our in our facebook group and uh and, and it, jolly good it was too um and it was i think it was a good experience for everyone that could make it sorry for those people that uh, could not watch it um, because you know they don't wish to have anything to do with the evils of Facebook. Follow, completely understand, and uh, perhaps Eric, you might want to do a quick a quick uh, uh, explanation why why we had to do it that way. Well, yeah, I mean, a little bit of echo there, Simon. But um, yeah, I mean, we sort of had to the, because Adobe owns the movie. I can't really, and it's not in distribution anywhere. I can't really show it. Uh, anywhere without a their permission and b someplace where it could possibly be pirated or copied or whatever. So for better or worse, the Facebook large format photography podcast group kind of allowed us to show it in a walled garden where we could control who saw it and and not allow any um, repeats or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I, there were a couple of comments on on the thirty five MMC article that i wrote about it and one in particular was pretty caustic and it's totally fair like facebook and social media is pretty bad in a lot of ways but my counter to that is is that it's also good in some ways like our little community wouldn't exist or wouldn't have happened without facebook i wouldn't have met you guys without facebook or been introduced to all sorts of people around the world without it so it's really a question for us, like going into 2021, how do we deal with the crappy parts of social media and how do we maximize the good parts of social media? So I just answered the question and went 20 steps further. Sorry about that. No, 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 not, not, not at all. Um, I just, I just felt that, yeah, we probably didn't need to just, just uh, t- touch upon that. Um, so, so this week's uh, show a little bit different from what we've done or very similar to what we've uh, did last time um, in that we, we just want to uh, get a few things off our chest, um, <laughs> catch, up on, <laughs> uh, catch up on some of the things that we've been doing and also talk about uh, the, the future direction. <laughs> Um, of the show as Eric uh, uh, um, zips his uh, jacket up really loudly. I'm preparing uh, to get it off my chest. Sorry. Exactly. So, um, but uh, but before we we get onto onto that, um, let's uh, head over to the fens and uh, and see what Andrew's been up to. Well, uh, 101 ways to do things without leaving your house. Really, I think mainly. So I'm two weeks into uh, semi-retirement adjusting to doing all kinds of things that don't involve what I've done for the last 30 years. And I have to say, I'm not into any kind of routine yet, but uh, I've had a couple of days in the darkroom working on a project, which I just want to talk about in a minute. Um, What else have I done? I've done, started thinking about moving. I've started thinking about enlarging the darkroom. It's been too, so cold to get out in the garage, which is where the darkroom is. Um, 
it's I've been too, it's too cold to go out there and work. So, um, but I'm basically going to make it probably four feet, five feet longer. That'll allow me to eventually have a, probably just one person in there with me safely, you know, without sort of falling over each other. And particularly as we're still likely to have some degree of covidity going through the year. So, yeah, getting used to that. Um, The idea is I have a day out in the fens working on photographic projects, so pinhole, large format pinhole, large format film um, lens cameras, and then a day in the darkroom. But uh, I don't feel I can really go out in the, you know, not far, within a few miles, but it's not really exercise, is it? You know, and... I know fishing's allowed, which I note with interest. You can go fishing, but I don't feel I can just drive out a few miles into the fens with my large format camera and uh, and take pictures. So I've been stuck in really thinking about stuff. I've read a few books, listened to some cricket, and I've been thinking, thinking a lot. And I've written down on my little notebook here, pressure to pressure to post to social media. And then in the next sentence, I've written down, hold back on images and projects as they may change. So I've kind of touched on this before about, uh, in fact, a a hashtag I've started using, which I made up. I think I made it up is hashtag shoot less print more. Ah. And I, I, you know, like many others, I'm happy to admit that I feel a pressure uh, is it a pressure to post? Certainly, I think so. Could, part of it could be a, a human desire to crave likes and people to acknowledge the stuff you're doing because, you know, it kind of reinforces it, um, hopefully in a good way. You know, people will tell you it's crap if it's crap, I hope. Um, so I was I was looking at some negatives today from 13 years ago, which I just discovered, I hadn't done anything with, there were pinhole negatives taken in Venice. And some of them were sort of accidental double exposures, which made them kind of quite arty looking, you know. I think they were accidental. I can't actually remember. Um, But I scanned them all and I thought, oh, I'd love to share these. I thought, no, actually, you know what? Because I'm not sure what I want to do with them. They would make ideal candidates for my little lift print series. And I think they'd print up really well as lift prints. Um. Everyone seems to be putting zines together now. Um, yeah. I've, I've not done one, but that would, it would make a nice small zine with maybe some words, some prose or poetry next to them. That's another idea. Or do I just bung the stuff out there, you know, on social media to feed the need? So that was my sort of uh, philosophical thought. And you're welcome to comment. Well, I think for sure, like social media, the whole thing about social media is getting the likes and, and even incendiary comments or whatnot, as it feeds into, like, it, it creates dopamine in your brain. Like, it hits the same addiction center that most hard drugs do. And that's that's just the science of it. And that's what makes it so addicting. That's why people have yeah. to hit Facebook. That's constantly, why... Constantly going back to your phone and checking things, you know? Yeah. And that's why the echo chambers are, are so self-fulfilling, right? Because you go back to the echo chamber and you're just getting all the things that you feel you need. Um, and it's, I mean... We can go for days about how terrible this is for society and bias and, you know, conversations on difficult topics. But that's, well, that, that's not really well, that's something we should probably go into. But in terms of producing work, like, I, I will agree, like, as people start to find me on Instagram and follow me, I realize I'm not really putting out any work or doing anything. So if... Or like they're joining the Facebook group and looking for Eric's work. Like I'm, I'm not really putting much up there. I'm, you can see photos of bunnies and like, <laughs> you know, me drilling wood, making some lenses here and there now and then, and like dealing with having bought a house. And I'm like, I should probably start posting work, should right? You? Yeah, exactly. And that's the question. Like, should I? Because I'm, I'm not really producing any right now. Um, but at the same time, it's like if you want to produce work consistently and be known for the images that you make, if that's what you want, right, then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like the more you do, the more you do. And whatever whatever feeds that, if it's if it's the dopamine from posting on Instagram and people like it, 
right? Then, then is that? But a it's bad so thing? it's so ephemeral, isn't it? You know, it's like it's gone. You post it there, and you have a, a couple of days. If it's a striking image, you know, whatever a striking mm-hmm. image is, and I think in Instagram, it's probably something that hits you between the eyes. You know, there's no subtlety right. perhaps involved. You know, um, then it's gone in the wind. It's it's ephemeral. It's it's within a few days you've got to feed that beast again. Yep. And so what, what value and meaning do, does it have? You see, I, I mean, the, the one thing I'm, I've cleared all the decks in the darkroom now and, I, and I've got, I've got those pinhole negatives and, and, I, and they're probably going to be the next project, but I'm, I, I've been working on my 2016 road trip, America road trip pictures for the last, well, since I came back in 2016, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, but now that's all I'm now concentrating on. So the time I've spent in the darkroom, about three days since I've finished work, has been uh, printing some Yosemite pictures. And yesterday I was printing uh, an image that I made on the way to uh, Furnace Creek Inn in Death Valley. It was okay. an image in a petrol station, gas station. Uh, anyway, so it's a, it's a very striking print. I'm, I'm very pleased with the print. But I, I've got no desire to share it at all because I'm working towards this project and, it's, and, the, and the prints are going to be 12... Well, they are 12, cent, 12, centimeter, 12 inches by nine and a half inches, fiber paper. Nice. And then I'm, type, I'm typing up my notes. I've shared some pictures of my typewriter. I'm typing up the, the travel notes because I made, I made notes and I'm typing up those notes. And, and it's all going to be in a box. It's a, I'm putting it in a box, you know. And that's going to be a project for me and for the family and for kind of posterity. And s- some images I've shared, but, you know, I'm getting so much, such a kick out of doing that. I don't really, you know, the value in that is to me, it's not really to the whole wide world. But while I'm doing that, I'm not, I'm neglecting the beast that is Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And yeah. and I'm unsure how I feel about that, really. And Simon, you don't take any pictures, so you presumably <laughs> yeah. an issue for you. I'm, I'm taking lots of pictures of cameras and objects and things that I've made. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not, uh, actually, no, I did, I did put something up, uh, I think last week, um, and it was a digital photograph that I'd taken with a um, a Mamiya uh, oh. press lens that I'd uh, managed to adapt to my Sony. And it was a case of, it was just, I was just looking at it. I'm thinking, I've not taken a proper photograph of anything for ages and it's cold out there. And, uh, you know, the, the light seems to be okay, a little bit harsh, but surely there's something in the garden with the, with the frost on it. That's got to be worth taking a photograph of. And, uh, and, and, and I found a, a hydrangea that still had a bit of color in it. So, so yeah, that, that was like the, one of the first photographs of something that I've taken for ages, but I've even got photographs that I've got negatives. That I've not scanned yet of a oh, trip yeah. that I enjoyed and I've taken, I've, I've shared one photograph of it some, some time ago. It's the, uh, the photograph that's got the wet twig in it, um, in a, in a waterfall. And I really like that photo. And, uh, I, I used twig picture I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I, I used, uh, ADOX CHS two 100, which, uh, is currently my favorite film. Um, I'm not really sure why I'm saying it's my favorite film. I think it's because I like that photograph and I'm thinking that actually looks like I wanted it to look straight away without having to mess about with it. So yes. that makes it my favorite film. Um, and I've got, I think about another four shots, uh, that I've taken, which, um, I've not, I've not, I don't even know what they look like. I've developed them and they're still sitting in my, uh, combi plan, uh, tray there that I use. Um, so I really need to develop them and perhaps share them, but let's think about, um, being driven by social media to, to, to share things. So, I mean, I, I absolutely get what you, what you're saying there. I, I tend to go hot and cold on this. And uh, there are times where I just disappear off social media when I know that perhaps I could do with putting something out there and, uh, um, I just I just blow blow hot and cold on it. I'm never quite sure what what I think of it because there are times where I put things on there for commercial reasons uh, because I've, I've got a new product and I want the world to know about it. And then there are times when I'm just want to share something. And uh, so I have I have different emotions and motivations for using social media. Mm. Yeah, I think it, it kind of depends on also how timely the content is. You know, like I haven't scanned and shared any of the images I took from the Biden celebrations in Oakland, right? And that's timely. That's more like photojournalism. You know, that's really relevant to that moment in time and right then and there. And I, I shot them. I developed them right away. And I just, because you're in the midst of 
move. I just didn't, haven't scanned them, haven't digitized them at all, you know. Um, and it sort of feels like if I shared them now, they're they're nice images. Or some of them are really great images, I think, but they're stale, right? Compared yeah. to the event in which they recorded versus like a scenic or you know a still life or whatever. Those are timeless. You can share them whenever the hell you want. You know, like El Capitan is a timeless place. It's classic, you know, and you can you can share those images whenever the hell you want to. But like, you know, photojournalism or documentary has a bit more emphasis on its position in time when they were shot, right? So well, that's an, that's a topic that um, I've, I'd like to pursue when we have our next guest on, which we won't necessarily talk about, but uh, you know that the guys on next has been making very significant historical pictures, you know, for many, many years. And, and I think that's a really rich vein to pursue, but you know, unless you've seen one or two posts on Facebook, you wouldn't know who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just also say one quick thing, Simon? Mm -hmm. um, it's large format related. My um, 90 mil Fuji lens, which I'm holding here in bits. There's a bit of it. <laughs> has a Seiko shutter. I don't know if they're prone to problems, but and I don't know what I did to it, but it now won't cock. It just won't cock. It's it's stuck in the closed position. Sounds like you've broken it. You think so? That's a, te that a technical term. Yeah, yeah. I messaged Lyndon of Lind Lindinium cameras and he says, well, I'll, I'll fix loads of Seiko shutters. He says, it depends what's wrong with it. It might be broken. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's not a lot of use to me as it is. Um, so I don't know whether Seiko shutters are a pile of doggy doos compared to uh, Copal. Copal, is that right? The other ones? Yeah. Well, it's not going to cost much to just drop it into a you know a second second class parcel and uh, no, send I'll it send off it to Exeter, him. He'll it? have a look at it. He's good like that, isn't he? And then he'll say it'll cost you ten thousand pounds to fix, or right, it's yeah. unfixable. Yeah. So I mean, I found that I found that large format shutters aren't that bad. They just like at least take the faceplate off and look for something obvious. I mean, well, I don't know how to take the faceplate off. How do you take the faceplate off? Or the back depends on on the construction of the shutter, but they're not too terrible to to take to disassemble. There's there's a point of no return where it gets really terrible, mm -hmm. but usually the first layer or two of the onion is not so bad. So they, um, they're not those things that when you 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 take something apart, things spring, spring out off. Like yeah, no, no, it's it's quite obvious when they're about to spring apart. Like the springs yeah. are on posts and you have to take a spring hook or something small and like unhook it. Um and, and then they and then they do exactly that. They shoot up, hit you in the eye. This is why like glass one of the few times that having to wear glasses to see anything is quite useful to mm. keep small parts from like blinding us as we oh, can, take can physically off. take them apart. <laughs> well you may not want to do that. Okay. <laughs> But, I, I mean, think I don't want to deprive Lyndon of his livelihood. And why, why would I want to sit here and try and take this thing apart? I mean, you could also break it worse and have him have more work. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, he does. He, he talks about having received things in the post that have clearly been worked on by either the person <laughs> sending it, you know, because there's like a bit missing or something. His, his, phrase, his phrase is called, I ha I've had a bag of camera. Yeah, I actually have that exact same scenario where I very ham-fistedly thought, oh, this won't be so bad on a Pentacon 6 that the film counter wasn't working properly. And I was like, oh, I just don't do that. It's going to be something simple in there. Not realizing that on Pentacon 6, the winder and film counter down there is hideously complicated. It is a giant penis. And I, I coughed up the cocker is bad so that's i just put it back together and said in, in a non-functional form and said i'm gonna send this to my buddy shane yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna send it to somebody who knows what the hell they're doing um and that's good advice unless you're really sure so yeah yeah so i i i, I yeah it was bad it's bad so what you've been up to then eric 
Uh, well, no shooting. I realized the other day I haven't shot a single frame of or sheet of film since in about two months now, which is really depressing. But um, you know, but things have been happening since then. Like you know, we we moved moved into a house, um, sort of dealing with like that whole like settling in period. Um, and in the meantime, you know, on, on the podcast with Wayne, his offhanded comment of, well, hey, man, you know, we were thinking about having him build a lens for us, uh, became quite real. Um, and so I've been obsessively, compulsively researching materials and bits and bobs um, for uh, Alana's 8x10 camera lens for her the old home place is the working name of the title uh it's it's gonna be a hell of a project like actually like hearing her talk about it it's 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 really fascinating i think it's gonna be massively impactful um like in a nutshell her great great grandfather was born into slavery in what i'm gonna i don't know the name so i'm gonna call it plantation a on one side of town and incredibly directly across the street was plantation B. And as a teenager, he started sneaking across the street to plantation B fell in love with the plantation with the white plantation owner's daughter. And they ran away to Pennsylvania where it was legal for them to be married and a, and a black man could be free. This is pre-civil war. And that's the start of her family. And she had no real idea about this until she went to visit a couple of great aunts who still live on property a the old plantation um and so like her family background has one half of the family owned slaves and the other half of the family were slaves which is just a mind yeah a mind-boggling thing to like like process and and sort of have to deal with and that's where the, the project stems from. Um, so yeah, a, a light project, a light project. So she's going to go down there and record oral histories and, and take portraits and take photos of the, the cabins that are still standing. Um, and that's, and the, the camera itself is either going to be made from or decorated with iron and wood from those slave cabins from that plantation. Um, so I've, I've been uh, the last two weeks in particular, I've actually been working on building the lens, you know, cutting the lens barrels out of uh, wood and, and doing design. And I got a drill press, which I'm very excited about. Cause I can actually, I saw that. Yeah. But you can see it's very that. Impressive. Yeah. yeah I can actually do good cuts it's, instead of doing it by hand, which is just a giant pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a podcaster now. I didn't swear. I'm impressed with myself. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have to bleep me. Um, but yeah, it allows me to, to to cut a very fairly exact holes, which is like, especially for lens barrels, you know, and, and like fifty six millimeter elements and that sort of thing is is really really useful. And I can do the work in like a tenth of the time that that I would have taken with a hand drill. So, yeah, yeah. hand drill in a file just could you, you can never find a can never find a hole cutter quite the right size. So yeah. you're then having to try and file with a half moon file round and round trying to get it to stay yeah. circular. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even in this case, the, the glass elements I'm using are 56 millimeter in diameter and the best Forstner bit I could find is 55. So I still have to like hand sand out one millimeter in the barrel to get the, the press fit for the, for the glass elements for the acromats. But um, it should be fun. Like I've never, never done genuine wood finishing before. So, um, or inlay, I'm going to do both on these lens barrels and uh, this will be a convertible lens. So we'll convert from a 360 millimeter French landscape or a single meniscus lens, as you all know it um, to a two element um, quasi petzful with uh, water drop apertures in the middle. You just have to just bolt the back to the front and put it on the camera and just unscrew it and just, so it'll be convert. It'll be convertible from a three sixty to one eighty five. One lens, and when it's separate, it becomes just the, the same element. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, and using those two lens designs, because when her great grandfather was born in eighteen thirty six or whatever, was still a slave, those would have been the predominant lens designs of the time, mm-hmm. right? 
So you so, built them into to into a sort of convertible lens. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Or I'm trying to. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> this might take a few iterations to get right, but um, so yeah, that's, that's I'm not producing photographic work. Yeah, don't worry about that. I was going to say, work. don't apologize for not making images or shooting, as you refer to it. Don't apologize for that because, you know, sometimes time away, you know, you're focusing on your friend's project, and that's just so worthwhile, isn't it? Yeah, I can't wait to have her, like, maybe – you know, six months or nine months down the line when she's got you know, some images produced and, you know, the eight by 10 camera under her belt a bit. It'd be really interesting to have her on, I think, because she'll have gone from nothing to an eight by 10, you know, and that's a, that's a big jump. That's like the deep end of the pool, you know? Um, and on a, on a project that's, that's pretty monumental and important sort of blurs the lines between portrait and landscape and documentary. Yeah. So, Simon. Okay, well, uh, what I've been up to on the large format side of things, um, on this, as I said earlier, I'm pretty much making things rather than taking things at the moment. And uh, I'm finally, I've been saying I've been going to do this for so long, uh, and I've actually almost <laughs> done it now. Uh, so I suppose I could drag this on for a little bit longer. Um, but uh, I've, I've now got designs for several uh, cameras to make lens boards for um, so uh, whether that be just like your normal uh, copal sizes or uh, specialist sizes um, but I've also got uh, designs that I'm now happy with uh, for mounting things like aero hectares and um, and projection lenses as well for that matter nice uh, so I've, in fact I've just put a a picture in our in our group and I've shared it all over the place uh, perhaps I should also share it on the uh, uh, on our Instagram account for the for the for the podcast as well um, of uh, my MicroPress uh, camera uh, with the uh, Aerovector attached to it with one of my two um, designs for lens boards because um, there's a couple of ways well there's more, probably more than two ways to do it but uh, but I've got uh, two uh, lens boards for an Aerovector the first of which. Um, is it allows the lens to sit further back inside the camera somewhat. Uh, but to be able to do that, you've either got to modify the front standard, um, as in to actually enlarge the front standard, because an aerovector will not go through uh, the front standard of a, of a speed graphic or a uh, MPP micropress for that matter, um, unless you do something either with that front standard, which, to be honest, I really it, it, it makes me wince. Uh, when when people enlarge the front standard because ultimately you're, you're altering the structure of the camera and putting something yeah. really heavy in there, um, so I, that I don't particularly like that way of doing it. Um, so in the case of mine, um, I've I've got the file on the lens and I filed my lens down, which is also pretty, almost almost equally barbaric, um, except it just doesn't matter. Um, this this part of the lens that you actually uh, file down, but you only need to like file it down by about a millimeter all the way around uh, to make it then get go through the front standard. Um, so so that's what I did, um, and uh, that allows you to use a short uh, lens board, and and you can balance the lens that bit more easily uh, or rather better uh, in the front standard. Um, because it's a damn heavy lens in itself, so yeah. you want to get the lens weight as far back ideally as you, as you, as you can. I was going to ask, how does the front standard deal with like lenses that weigh that freaking much? It, it does. It copes, it copes very well. Um, and well, certainly it, it copes pretty easily with, uh, if you can actually sit the lens further back, um, because you, you know, you, you, you you've got a balance point to fulcrum haven't you and uh, and you're sitting it further back which is obviously going to be better um but i've also got a another uh lens board which if you haven't adapted the front standard and you don't wish to adapt uh, the lens by filing it down um then the only way to actually make it work therefore is to have, have the whole of the lens sitting forward at the front standard um and uh, you'll see in the, the the photograph that lens board is is like three times the depth um, of the of the of the short one uh, because it's got to support all of the weight um, sticking out of the front of the uh, the, the front standard and um, to be fair it can do it 
Um, the standard is is de- you know whether it be on an MPP or whether it be on a, a, a speed graphic, it, it's man enough to do it. Uh, that's not the best way to put it. There, um, it's strong enough uh, to, uh, to 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 do it um, without. Um, <laughs> Well, the thing is, that's that's one of the things about a speed graphic is, uh, is that um, it doesn't actually have front tilt, as in going forward, no. does it? It has rear tilt, uh, rather it tilts backwards. So, so actually, any kind of extra weight, you can actually compensate with it quite quite easily with that with that camera because you, if it is leaning forward, you just tilt it backwards and you can get it get it level again. Um, so, so it does it. There's a there's a there's a fair bit of strain that's going to be put in certain parts of the lens board. Um, which you know, I've been been testing these lens boards, and so far I've not managed to break one in that particular place where the uh, where the stress is. Um, but that's that's always going to be the the case. Because if you if you do what I'm doing, making things out of plastic, then it's plastic as strong as it as plastic is. You know, so um, the easily the the gold standard way to do this is doing something with a, with some kind of metal a metal board. But uh, ultimately, you're looking at three times the cost. So. Uh, yeah. Um, this is a good way to give it a go, and if you like it, then well, carry on using it. And if it breaks, it breaks. But if it doesn't, then uh, you alternatively you can go on and uh, use something that's uh, made out of metal. And, it, and it, because my method uses a friction fit as well, which uh, is I know some people probably won't won't like that one, but it's absolutely strong enough to to hold the weight of uh, uh, the the lens in place. In fact, you could pick the whole camera up and shake it around. Uh, from the lens, um, the, the the grip is that strong. Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so that's that's the one. Simon, I'm looking. So I'm looking at the photograph of the micro press with the red bellows. Yes, is, is this the camera you tried to sell me a couple of times? No, no, it's not. No, um, <laughs> the one the one I've been trying to palm off on you is the uh, is the baby speed. Uh, okay, and to be fair, you just you kept on asking me about it, and I've been saying, well, you can have it if you want. You know, yeah, so uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm um, a poor, that's, that's poor a pension. Well, I'm not even a pension. I'm a poor retiree now, so I've got no money. <laughs> anyway, so the question, question is, being unfamiliar with that, so I'm looking at this thing, this photograph, and you've got what appears to be, you've got the actual uh, lens adapter in front of the camera, haven't you? And then you've got then you've got another one with the lens mounted on the camera. So that that thing on the floor which says Forster UK. Um, that's the actual adapter, isn't it? That fits in the front That's standard. One, one of the two adapters, yeah. Okay. So, so that would be the, uh, the long adapter, I think, you're, you're looking on there. Right. So because of what you were saying about the hole in the standard, presumably this aerorectile lens isn't, doesn't have a very long barrel then. It, must just, it just fits inside this adapter and sits in front of the lens. Is, with, is, that, is that right? With the longer, with that long adapter, which is the one that's sitting sitting on the table, mm-hmm. um, the 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 back of uh, the rear element is almost level with the rear of the adapter. Whereas and the, the one, short, the short sorry. one, the the rear element protrudes back, and therefore goes into the camera. And you can only do that if you file your lens down or make some other adjustment to the... exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the one the one in your photograph is is the is this where you file the lens down and it's poking into the camera a bit? Correct. Yeah, but it's uh, it's not sticking out in front of the of the camera as much. And the the other thing that's there as well is I've I've made a uh, a hood cap, not a lens cap. It's a hood cap um, uh, because you could, it's got like a little bayonet fitting, effectively a bayonet fitting on the uh, on on the hood. And the idea behind that is I've I've tried to make it so you can if you don't have a focal plane shutter uh, on your camera and you want to use an aerovector with some slow. Uh, slow film or paper or you want to do long exposures you can use that cap as a is as a, as a shutter so I've, I've done it in such a way that you can almost like throw it on and take it off without uh, causing any shake to the camera so uh Very good so that's, uh, that, that works pretty well by the way ladies and gentlemen here on the large format uh, photography podcast we do not actually advocate that you pick your camera up by the lens and shake it around <laughs> to see whether or not it stays on um just you know, just saying. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit like that advert from the I think it was I'm not sure it was the nineteen eighties. I don't know if you had it in the in the in the US or not, where uh, they they uh, use some wallpaper 
uh, wallpaper paste and pasted a guy to uh, to a, oh, yeah. to a yeah, wall, and yeah. then uh, picked him up and took him around on the helicopter, um, just just proving just how uh, how strong the wallpaper uh, paste was. I thought it was super glue. They like super glued his helmet to a girder and like lifted the girder up or something. That'd like be that. a different you don't one, want to be yeah. super gluing anyone's principle. helmet to a girder. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. And on that note, I think that's a that's a good that's a good time to move this conversation on very very quickly. Um, Segway, exactly, exactly. And um, and and this we 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 touched upon this uh, last time. And uh, the, the the show uh, has evolved uh, since we started, uh, and is continuing to 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 evolve. And one of the uh, big changes that we made oh, a good while ago uh, was with the formatters where we. Um, had a like a barroom chat uh, with with our, our guest, and we didn't do formal introductions until much further on. And I think in the early days, that was probably a little bit clunky. Actually, I, mean, I don't think we did that quite as well as we could have done. And then eventually, I think it sort of started to work. And that, that those conversations that we actually had in that section, sometimes they were actually the best part of the whole podcast. So it's it's something that I don't particularly want to see the back of, but. Now that we have Eric here uh, with us on a, a weekly basis, um, having that, well, effectively a four-way chat, so the, the three hosts and the guest having the barroom chat before we actually get around to actually starting to talk to our guest about their work, I think that's just going to take up way too much time. And as we've experienced with Eric on the first time, sometimes we never even get past that. Um, so, um, yeah, that's I say. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um so yeah, we've, we've decided, yeah, we, we need to change things around a little bit because that doing the show in that way, it's just not going to work. And we're still working our way through how we're going to do that. Um, but it, I think that we, it, it does mean that we are going to ch- change things up and jig, jig things ar- ar- around a little bit. And uh, it could be that we may actually do guest shows and we may do more shows similar in nature to what we're having at the moment. Um, so that we can devote more time to the guest, and but we still want to be able to do things like emails, and uh, and sometimes we just want to get things off our chest, and it's not always appropriate to do that with a guest. Um, so that's that's sort of where where we're going. So um, Andrew, have you got any 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 thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I th- I'm with you on the four way bar chat. Even three of us, uh, and I'm guilty for making it stretch really overly long because i do ramble on um you know it it, dis- it can distract from the guest i think it was getting better because the guest was chiming in and we were bringing the guest in and it was becoming a you know a good conversation but it wasn't what we were there to do we were there to talk about the guest's work we were there to talk about the guest's ideas and techniques and stuff but mainly ideas so it, it, you're right it does kind of detract i think from the body of the podcast i'd still like to be able to do those things in this kind of format like we're doing now when we've got things to put out there you know that hopefully people find interesting or entertaining or both um so so that's that um the other observation i'd make is in terms of the way we the sort of uh, shows that we put out um having some more of those sort of, uh, I want to say, technique shows or how-to shows. And I'm not overly convinced, to be honest, because I think it's done much better elsewhere. You only have to look at the fabulous and former guest Matt Marash's site and just watch all of his large format Friday videos, which is kind of visual and really well done. And he just explains everything you ever need to know about large format photography from the ground up. And then you've got other YouTubers and also Facebook group member Todd Corral. He does some, he's done something similar as well. So, I mean, there are plenty of people out there doing this stuff really well on YouTube. Um, personally, I'm more interested in the ideas and the work of the people you know, and, and that's problematic in a talky podcast of course um at this rate we're just going to stop the podcast because <laughs> 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 um but you know talking having conversations about the work and about the ideas 
Um, and if that strays into technique, well, that's fine. But, you know, if that's guest-led, really. So I'm, I'm not so hung up on gear talk, but maybe we do need to have that in the in the blend somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with uh, all of that, especially because we're not, at this point in time, visual. You know, when, so we'll have a conversation. We'll have our video on so we can see each other as we talk, and so we will we'll hold something up, and then we find ourselves saying, for the listeners so-and-so is holding up this object and it looks like this and it sort of, you know, um, feel like it leaves a bit wanting, if you will. But, um, you know, as I was, it was interesting, I was talking with, with, with Alana uh, Eritrum about um, why she'd never picked up analog photography, film photography, um, and why a lot of, of, women and uh, minorities don't pick up film photography or large format photography is because it's not, the gear is very unapproachable. You know, the technical talk is very intimidating. You know, digital is quite to a certain extent is much easier to pick up. Right. Um, and uh, I think that was, I thought that was an interesting piece of feedback. And also, you know, when I was talking with other prospective guests, who was like, well, you know, the, the show could seem a little bit geary. I'm not very gear oriented. If people have questions about technical things, I can't answer that. I don't know if I'm a good guest for you. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't really think that's uh, what we want anyways, you know, um, at least not all the time. So I, I, long story short, I think veering off into more about, you know, the work people are doing or about the state of photography or, you know, that kind of thing um, makes the podcast more accessible and I think is is really rich ground for exploration. And, of course, we can get into gear. Like, everybody has their favorite piece of gear, like, you know, and, and how they use it and, and whatnot. And that's also super interesting. Uh, but I don't necessarily know that we always have to have that be, like, the focus of the show. See, I don't think we've, looking back over the 40-odd shows, uh, right at the beginning we did some pretty lame attempts to explain large format photography. I don't think we did it terribly well. And we kind of had a bit of a running theme for the first few guests about, well, uh, let's have a guest on who can talk about, um, you know, shifting the plane of focus. You know. Right. And again, that, <laughs> you know, it became a bit of a long-running joke about the Schleim fluke principle and beer mats and stuff and that was kind of fun but by and large i don't know i don't know what you think simon because you know eric's not been around that long and I'm, I'm sure he hasn't gone back and listened to all previous 35 episodes or so since he joined us truth um I, I, my my impression is that we've not been that focused on kind of gear really probably more so in our chat at the beginning than we are with the guest but what, yeah. what's your mm-hmm. unless i've just blanked it all out <clears throat> Yeah, I, no, I, I've there's there's a few things in there. I mean, certainly the way that the the, the podcast was originally set up. Um, I don't know if I'm repeating myself uh, on this one. It, it was um, largely the case of um, I hadn't got a clue what I was talking about, and I wanted to learn stuff, and uh, you knew everything, and um, yeah, and uh, which proved to be untrue. Um, fortunately, we've had lots of guests uh, on since then that have taught me everything, and now I'm now a true expert and master in all things large format photography, and don't really need to learn anymore. Um, but um, <laughs> um, but the, it's it's yeah. So so really, the 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 format of uh, those shows changed uh, because I wasn't asking as many stupid questions. Um, as 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 I was, um, but as a counter argument, if you like, about um, process specific shows and things like that, um, I think there's definitely a a, a place there, um, and I think it's 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 a tough one. I mean, we have guests on that specialise in certain processes, like we did with uh, Jim Fitzgerald and mm-hmm. uh, carbon printing. So uh, there's, I think there's always going to be room uh, for for that kind of show when when there is a a master of a certain genre, and we 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 all wish to learn. and And I think there are times where we can learn things about 
subjects that we actually think we know about um, because different people approach their, their art in different ways and we, we can always keep on learning. Um, so I think, I think um, uh, there, there was, we, in fact, we'll, we'll say we, we did a, we used to try and have, if you like, two art shows and to one gear show that, that was sort of how we actually uh, planned the, planned the, the, the podcast. And we've moved away a little bit uh, from that. And I think that, and we'll continue to, um, put more genres in there, um, other other areas of photography which we which are connected uh, with large format, but are not necessarily all about large large format. But uh, there, are, there are areas that we can bring uh, large format interest into. Um, so so that that's going to happen. And the other the other thing that um, we we definitely wish to do is and we've we've talked about this a few times and we're especially in the uh facebook group and that's you know diversity and that's not diversity for the sake of diversity that's it's it's more of a case of uh challenging ourselves not to look for to people like us about the things that we do um, because you know whether that be you know um, just from from a case of uh, just just getting um, grey balding um, middle aged white white men with hats, um, but it's it's also getting you know we we've had female guests on on the show. Um, we wish to have um, people of colour, people that are not native uh english speakers and we've had a few people that that tick some of those boxes and those shows have all been excellent and uh, and i think that we we need we need to continue to try hard but as i say it's not a tick box exercise it's not because we we attempted to do that it's a case of you know we we want to learn from different people uh, i know eric you've got yeah. some pretty strong views on that <laughs> i i do um well also i think it's it's Oh man, there's a lot to unpack there and we don't have that much time to unpack it. But I think, you know, overall large format photography definitely suffer, suffers from a lack of diversity again, because it's, especially now it's, it's a sort of a luxury, right? Like who can afford to play with a four by five or an eight by 10 um, and also have the time to learn the technical things. It's a, you know, it's an intimidating medium and, an expensive one to a certain extent, or at least it feels expensive. I got into it very cheap because it's the only way I could afford to do it. But for most folks, you know, you look at the, at the price of, of sheet film and you look at the price of the cameras and the lenses and it's, it's expensive. It's intimidating. Um, and I, I think that the, the large format sort of scene in terms of the work that's done and the community while vibrant and amazing, suffers a little bit from that lack of, of other folks able to get in. Um, so on that hand, like I would love to, to be able to foster as much of, of that, like getting more people into large round photography. It's amazing. Like why would we not make it more accessible and bring more people in? Like it can only get better from that. Um, and also in terms of people who do do it already that we're not aware of, I think it expands our knowledge, it expands, you know, how we see the medium, it expands on how we see the world, it expands everything by finding the folks that, that we're just not paying attention to, um, who are worthy of being paid attention to because they're producing really interesting, insightful, thoughtful, beautiful work, right? Um, but we just don't know about them because you know, we just we just haven't looked and it just, it takes an effort to look, you know, when I reach out to people who do pay attention to that sort of stuff. And I say, Hey, I would love to talk to people outside of this group that we have. And then, and I get a list of like, okay, here's like six women, three of them are women of color. Um, here's David Johnson. Here's this guy. Here's this guy. Here's email addresses. Like they're there. Uh, we just need to start like actively looking for them, you know? Um, and I think we are, um, we're, yeah. we're, we are, we are working on, on that and it's, um, it, it's getting, it's getting in touch with them. It's getting in conversation with them and, and right. it does take, it does take, um, does take time. It does. It does. Um, and I also just to wrap that up, also think that, uh, that 
diversity isn't just in terms of of um, gender and and along you know racial lines, but also in content. Um, you know, it uh, to a certain extent, it's almost harder to find like photojournalists, for example, who use large format just because the medium is what it is. It's like, it's not easy to go hucking around an eight by 10 into the field to shoot a documentary, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but to expand the palette of what we show um, and the range of what we show, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I think somebody in, in our Facebook group posted, you know, like they, they like a, a fog shrouded, uh, photograph, fog shrouded scenic photograph as much as they, as the next person does, but it's really refreshing to see content of type B. Yeah. You know, and, and that's almost a greater challenge. Like I'm looking really hard because I've got a photojournalism background to find photojournalists who use large format, you know, besides David Burnett, David, if you're listening, hello, we'd love to talk to you. Um, you know, besides David, like there's, there's not a lot of, of high profile people to be found you know, um, well, why would there be? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you it's like <laughs> the tool for the job, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, absolutely. And what you can get paid for, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, and what you can get paid for, right? Like, if you're a working photojournalist, you got to get paid. Digital gets you paid, the turnaround's fast, it's easy, you get paid, makes total sense. Um, you have to find somebody who's a lunatic like me or or who has the pool and the talent to get paid regardless, like David Burnett, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I would like to see if we can get, and I think we are going to get, especially with the next podcast, uh, just different types of content as well, which I'm very excited about, by the way. I'm very excited about the next one. Oh my, now I've done some research. <sighs> yeah. So it's gonna be good. Plenty of exciting things to come. Um, and I'm just wondering, um, before we start to wind things down a little bit, are there any other things that you want to get off your chest? Before, I'm going to do shout-outs in a minute. Um, you mean, like, issues with, uh, with you or anything? <laughs> Find your damn camera, video camera cord. Yes, I, I, I will do one day. Um, <laughs> when I've tied the camera. I swear, I'm going to buy you one. I'm, I'm going to order it. It's going to get shipped. Just promise not to lose it. Yeah. Love you, um, but you know. Okay. Well, let me. Uh, I've got. I've got a shout out, um, which uh, is something that's. Uh, it's uh, hot news. Uh, uh, was a day ago in the uh, the large format photography podcast uh, Facebook group, and that was a post by Mike Walker of of Walker Cameras, mm. and uh, he is is uh, contacted Snyder. Uh, with a view to get hold of some uh, center filters for um, for the 72, 90 mil, and 150 mil XL lenses, um, uh, and he's going to is arranged that he can get these uh, made um, as a batch, uh, but he needs ten people to uh, to order them. So if you're interested in getting a brand new center filter. Um, for a Snyder 72, 90 or 150 XL lens. I, I don't know if, uh, I know she's done say the 47 in there. Um, so uh, by the way, if you get hold of uh, Mike Walker and he's got a website, if you type in Mike Walker cameras, um, I'm sure uh, you'll get his, uh, get his email address from there and you can get in touch or just go onto the Facebook group and find him in there and find the, find the post from uh, uh, yesterday. What's the date today? Uh, just to help with that, 16th, 14th, uh, yeah. So it's a so that was on the fourteenth that uh, that post appeared in the large format photography. It did give a warning that they, I don't think you actually use the term reassuringly expensive, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything that advertises something and doesn't put a price on immediately, I shy away from. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah. So if you want a new one of those and you can afford one. Um, then get in touch with, uh, with with Mike Walker, and uh, hopefully they'll have enough people that want to do that. They can order ten of them to make it happen. Uh, I'd like to get Mike on the show. Really, I've I've, tr- I've been trying to get him to come on to the lensless podcast because you know he, he makes some great lensless cameras, um, and I don't know why he won't really. He, um, he, uh, you know, I've chatted with him off air, you know, on um, on telephone, and he's a good guy, you know, but. Uh, 
come on, Mike, if you're listening, I think uh, you can be one of our um, token gear guests. (laughs) Come talk to us, Mike. Okay, so uh, so that, that that's my shout out, um, Andrew. Have you got one or two? No, don't think so. <laughs> okay, Eric. Um, let's see. Do I have any shout outs? Well, I mean, I shout out to everybody who came to the the movie showing on the second. It was uh, a, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, shout out to Hamish for for helping for, for posting the article. Hamish. Hamish. Who's Hamish? Hamish. Bollocks. Bollocks to both of you. Who's Hamish? Um, <laughs> Hamish. Is that how it's so? Yeah, or we can drop the H and call him just Amish. Amish. Uh, yeah. He makes furniture as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that fine gentleman um, for uh, posting that article, the article that I wrote on the Butterfield trip. And again, for everybody coming out, it was it was a really fun time. I really enjoyed it, and I hope they enjoyed it as well. Uh, and then last but not least to Alana Ertrim for trusting me to build this lens for her really monumental project. Uh, it's giving me something to do in lockdown to keep my sanity and also feel like I'm contributing to something good. So thank you. Thank you, Alana, for that. Okay. Well, um, let's just say thank you to those people that have donated to us via coffee.com um since last time we're here and that will be johnny brown uh will be the first person who actually donated on the day that we've actually reported the last recorded the last show um saying hi guys love the show and wanted to say thanks for what you do sending you a few cups from venice beach california have a great holiday and stay safe everyone uh it was there's a more uh yeah uh, best regards johnny brown so um thank you very very much uh johnny thank you johnny um, and uh, we also have uh, Billy Sanford. It says, cheers, have a round on me. Thank you very much, Billy. Um, and, ooh, Calais? Calais Mether, maybe? Um, uh, but um, he, she uh, says, thank you. Um, always great discussions, and I do. A- <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, thank, thank you very much. Um, and uh, we do have emails, uh, which we still haven't got round to um, to, to read him. I've got a huge amount, but we there are emails that do need to be read out. So uh, we'll get round to those at some point. Um, so that's it. So um, Eric, how can people keep up with the kind of things that you do outside of this show? Andrew? Huh? Hey? Who's asking <laughs> you? Who's first? Oh, me? Yeah, yeah, that was that. Well, was, the only was, it, it was, it was the Eric bit that sort of should have given it away. I missed I'm it. mixing it um, up. Okay. What's going on? Um, <laughs> just Instagram, Eric H. Matthew on Instagram. Uh, you'll see the lens build, the uh, the lens build in progress, and you know random photos of frustrations of and stuff like that on the house and bunnies, always bunnies. Yeah, I might I might just uh, just start to mix this bit up, uh, you know, just in the same way as Andrew tries to put me off by saying hello to me uh, every week. So I'll just keep the two of you on your toes. So um, and Andrew, um, how about yourself? How can people keep up with things you're up to? I'm mostly Warboys Snapper on most media. If not, um, I sometimes go by my name, which is Andrew Bartram. And you can find me uh, every couple of weeks. Now we've started putting out shows on the Lensless podcast. We're just finished show 100, where interestingly, interestingly, we probably get, I haven't done the math, I haven't done the math or the maths, as we say over here. We probably get at least 50% female guests and with no trouble at all finding females, people, female people, ladies, using pinhole photography and I, and I don't know i don't know why that is i could i could um have a, a white middle-aged male view on it but i won't but that's kind of interesting so you can find me hanging out um in the facebook group for the lensless podcast and um, on our own super duper facebook group and if you answer the intro question i'll let you in if you don't answer it i won't so on your head be it yeah. And Instagram, Warboys Snapper, and things like that. And if somebody wants to write into the show, what's the best way of doing that, Andrew? Eric, what's, a, what's our email address? 
<laughs> yeah, Eric, yeah, what is our email address, Eric? Large okay. format photography podcast at gmail.com. It is, it is. First time out. Well, well done. Well done. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Did the question mark after that, like, you know, inform you that I was just making a highly educated guess? Yeah, it was. It was. You've been paying attention. That, 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 that's great. That's, that's more than our friend in the fence does, um, who, who had his earphones out, so he didn't actually hear what I just said about him, which is great. Um, he's it was highly complimentary. Highly complimentary. Yeah, completely. Um, and uh, so for me, I'm on Twitter as Simon4. I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic, uh, which is also almost the name of my website, simonforsterphotographic.co.uk, uh, where you can buy the aforementioned uh, things. Well, you can't today, but um, hopefully soon. This week, this week, I'm going to have large format stuff on my website uh, it'll also be on ebay as well but uh, my website's a better place to go especially if you want it shipping internationally it's a bit cheaper uh, via my website so uh, so that's all good um and on uh, instagram uh, we do have an instagram account uh, it's, it's the name of this podcast um and uh not a huge amount goes on there so uh, we've got a thousand followers now which is nice. which is incredible. You know, we really should do more uh, with with that Instagram account. But seeing that I seem to be in charge of it, um, I I wouldn't hold anybody's breath on that one. But thank you very much to those people that are uh, following us on Instagram. It's very, it's very good of you. Um, our music, uh, our wonderful music that everybody loves without without any uh, um, what's the word exceptions is. Uh, uh, by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and it's called Two Finger Johnny and it's playing right now um, and that's it so we're going to be back we might be back next week although it might be in two weeks we'll see we, we, we've, we've got to work this one out because we're going to be chatting to our next guest very soon so uh, thanks for listening to another short show of us uh, rabbiting on about stuff uh, normal service will resume very very quickly um, so that's it so we'll see you again next time so goodbye happy new year